Welcome to Connections, the healthy gambling and gaming podcast. I'm your host, Tana Russell with Evergreen Council on Problem Gambling. I also have the pleasure of being joined today by my colleague, Rob Maya, our social media and PR specialist, who is the producer of this podcast, and I dragged him in here as a guest with me. And what we talk about is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. And kind of a little bit of a behind-the-scenes peek from our council's perspective, uh, just to give you a little bit of an idea of what all goes into Problem Gambling Awareness Month from organizations like ours, that this is what we do all year long. So we discuss campaigns, awareness messaging, Twitter Chat Tuesdays, different training programs, outreach platforms, use of social media, advisory committees, partners we work with, and I think we cover some other things. We cover a lot. So I hope you enjoy the episode. So March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. We're recording this March 24th, so we're headed home stretch. And I have Rob Maya, our social media PR specialist. I'm actually getting to interview him on this episode. He's actually on every episode, but you wouldn't know it because he stays muted in the background. But I dragged him into one. (laughs) (laughs) So... The reason this episode came to mind for me is because we get questions all the time about Problem Gambling Awareness Month. What do you guys do? Uh, This must be a big month for you. And it is a busy month for us, but really uh, it just is sort of amplifying what we do all year long. For sure. And the reason I wanted Rob here on on this episode with me is because everything that ECPG does during PGAM, he touches. <laughs> you do, you touch in some way. Uh, so as far as a conversation about what exactly does PGAM look like for a council on problem gambling and what does this mean and what happens, um, you're kind of an ideal person to be able to chat about this with me. So. I appreciate that. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun being in the in the backgrounds and, like you say, touching everything um, from the campaigns to coordination uh, with other affiliates, our partners, um, with the entire team. And let's let's just be clear on that point. Everything that is PGAM is touched by everybody, and like you said, it's throughout it the year. Um, you know, PGAM is kind of like a um, tip of spear, if you will. And it's a, you know, it's where everybody kind of rallies together. It's kind of like a, a Thanksgiving dinner, if you will, where all the affiliates come together, we share, um, we grow, we, you know, amplify each other's messages. And then we, you know, adjourn, we take our leftovers and we go back to to what we do every day and it never stops. Yeah. Yeah. And, and while we, at ECPG are a staff of five and we all work very hard. 
uh, we couldn't do a fraction of the amount that we do without all of like our incredible partners in this field. And there's so many other agencies and individuals that make it all happen. The, the guests on episodes we bring in, the facilities that invite us in to speak, uh, the governor proclaiming March as Problem Gambling Awareness Month. I mean, it's, it's all over the board, individuals contributing uh, to Absolutely. this work. Absolutely. And I know it's something that internally we discuss often um, where partnerships are the key to, to everybody's success, not just ours, mm-hmm. but uh, theirs as well. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how, how tough everybody is in this industry. And then, you know, when we come together for events like PGAM or at our conferences, uh, local and national, you can feel that energy. You can feel that, that, that motion happening. And it's, it's a great thing to see and to experience and to be a part of. And, you know, every time you, you hear something kind of, uh, you know, go out into the open media or where somebody's light bulb comes on, you know, everybody can pat each other on the back saying, look what we've done. You know, it's another step forward, whether that be getting the messaging out, making sure mm-hmm. that there's support for everybody who needs it, and then breaking down barriers. You know, since I've been, I mean, we started really close to each other. I think I came in a week and a half or so after you. I think you started a week before me, actually. Oh, is that how it went? Yeah. Yeah, I think you started the week before me, but I I did your interview yes, you did. <laughs> before that. So <laughs> it was an interesting situation. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, since since we came in, you know, I think we we got our headshots done at the same time. And it was just kind of like, okay, well, let's see what we can do. You know, I had been you know, working with the council peripherally as a contractor, doing little bit projects here and there. And you started, you started that kind of work with ECPG what year? 2007. Wow. Okay. I, yeah. I knew it'd been um, a long time. I helped with their first initial rebrand from Washington State Council to the Evergreen Council on Problem Gambling. That was a big project. So, yes. <laughs> it was a lot of volunteer hours. Bra- um, <laughs> Bravo. And thank you. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, since we came in, um, that was what, September 2019, um, officially, yep. got the yep. rubber stamp, you know, we showed up to the office with our lunch pails and, you know, bright-eyed. Fixed and... a toilet. <laughs> right. <laughs> right the first week. <laughs> hey, every little helps, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, um, a, but a yeah pair, you... We learned real quick, neither of us are, are ashamed of just getting in there and doing whatever job needs to be done. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes yeah, it's just another hat mm-hmm. but i mean since then so much has happened and i can see the growth potential for our mission for all of our initiatives all of our partnerships everything that goes out you know um, whenever we build any one thing we try and get as much life out of it so it has legs longer than pgam you know our pgam messaging will will continue out into may so, you know, we don't want it to be here and then gone. We have very little money coming in to, to do these things. So we kind of have to get the most out of it. And, yep. you know, that's just when you, again, you know, when you look at everything we do and how we do it, it's a lot of work. You know, there's a, a lot of uh, meetings and I just really, really enjoy that process. 
So it's great to have such an amazing team who wear so many hats, you know, yeah. Anna, the professor, the uh, recording guru, the, the host for pretty much everything digital, training coordinator, training creator, you know, it's just all these different things that we have to do. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun and I'm really excited for our future. Yeah, no, I, I agree as well. And you know, what has been funny is we came on in September, the week before four directions. And I'll never forget. We're both like, okay, what can we do? What can we help with? And, uh, uh, Kathy and Deborah Marina, they're like, actually not much it's all done <laughs> and we just took orders from uh kathy and uh deborah who who have conferences down to a science um and then the pandemic hit and we thought oh things are really going to slow down now but they didn't they only picked up and it's kind of continued to pick up ever since yeah that, that entire period knowing what was probably going to happen with the shutdowns and the preparation that had already gone into place um, so by the time it was announced officially, we had already begun the process of working remote, knowing yep. that it was coming. And wow, what an experience. I mean, COVID is going to be one of those things to like, do you remember where you were? Like, I absolutely do. I remember yeah. all the prep work that went into place, you know, all the steps Maureen took to make sure that we were all prepared as a team so that nothing got dropped. And not to mention, it was PGAM 2020. Yes, when, in the middle of Problem Gambling Awareness yep. Month, we're trying to also make that whole transition and still keep things like Twitter Chat Tuesday going, first time doing that, working remotely, virtual presentations. I don't think I'd ever done a virtual presentation before the pandemic. And now... Uh, that's like my comfort zone. Like I'm perfectly comfortable doing virtual presentations. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to do so many of them. <laughs> yeah. Talk about learn, like getting thrown into the fire. And, uh, <laughs> and we had, we went from a hundred percent in-person trainings to a hundred percent virtual. And we had basically six months to make that happen. Yep. Starting during PCAM. Yeah. And then so that there was no drop in coverage. Um, we wanted people to still sure need that. their CEs and their yep. trainings. Yep. So yep. we did what five nearly back to back. Yeah. Um, the mid month workshops. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was crazy. That was quite a cadence. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was fun though. Um, getting to all of a sudden meet so many more people from all over the country and yeah. I, I continue to get to meet them online in different trainings and environments. So I, I have this random curious question. So you started working with ECPG contract or volunteer in 2007. When you first heard about Problem Gambling Awareness Month, did you have an, do you remember having an initial impression about it? Like, oh, what is that? That's interesting. What exactly does that mean? Do you yeah, remember my, first learning about it? I remember actually not really playing an active role in PGAM back in that period because uh, Maureen and a very small staff handled the day-to-day. -day. I was brought in to launch like their back-end stuff, web, web design, trying to help you know create artwork and just a lot of little things like, okay, we have a campaign that we have to, to bring together. 
And Maureen would do a sketch and say, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And then they would literally maybe, you know, in the span of, a, it seems like hours would spin up a campaign and I would just do the candy coating, the, all the graphical Im information around it. But working with my first official PM, I guess you can say, I can't even remember what year it was. We did a whole host of, you know, again, back end support of just doing a lot of the web stuff. Um, social media was just coming to be. Um, so we did a lot of trainings and back in a former life, I did a lot of web design and architecture as well as social media training. So that was a, a flurry and knowing what it was didn't actually occur to me until I was in my first PGAM myself in this role of like, oh my goodness, there are a lot of steps. There are a lot of things that need to come into play. How do how does such a small staff wrangle all of this every year? And it's like, as soon as one wraps, everybody takes a deep breath, cleansing sigh, and then it's right back to planning PM again for the next year. So it's it's amazing to see what I remember then. And it was it seemed like so little that I was participating in, um, either as a contractor or a volunteer, to everything that it is today. So if you can imagine the the amount of work that the ECPG team did over these years to where we are today, it, it's just it's mind blowing. Yeah. And, you know, I came into this role already as a certified gambling counselor. I'd worked in and around addiction since I was at the age of 20. Uh, and so it it was an easy transition for, for me, a different role, um, but same population, same kind of work. But for you, your background had you know, nothing, if anything, to do with behavioral health or, you know, addictive disorders or anything like that. So you had that entire learning curve to tackle with as well. You know, this work is not your standard, like corporate America kind of field, and we're not selling a product and we're nonprofit. It's just entirely different. I'm wondering how that transition was for you. I think on the outside, I would like to say, oh, it's no problem. It was easy. It was a quick transition. <laughs> you know, I've been working with the council and, and Maureen and her, her team um, in various ways since 2007. I'm a pro, but wow, did I learn really quick. I mean, <laughs> so it, you have to imagine, dear viewer or listener, um, how the office is set up. Tana and I are, uh, she's pilot and I'm kind of co-pilot. We're kind of facing each other in the office. Our desks <laughs> are situated. So between us are, you know, what, what? six and a half feet and <laughs> right. a couple of and monitors a, a cushy chair and, and yeah. yeah and i can only imagine tana's first like i don't know six months to a couple years where i would just raise my hand and go tana <laughs> what does this acronym mean what is this i mean it was alphabet soup you know it's like i had no idea something as simple as sudp i was like I, I don't know what that means tana please help me out and you were the most patient person to like you're probably in the middle of phone calls like okay you know let me just answer this quick question um ill prepared to say the least it was quite a transition the technical the mechanics that's no problem i can do that in my sleep learning this whole industry and exactly how it works i'm still learning 
Yeah, it's it's not an easy industry to learn. And we have more acronyms than we can keep track of. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, yeah. and to be fair, though, I was asking you a bunch of those same questions as well. What's a KPI, right? What is OTT, um, which is key performance indicators and over the top? Yep. Ads. Well I've I've got those now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I learned uh, a lot from you about what goes into campaigns because I'm comfortable with having you know face-to-face -face conversations with people to raise awareness, outreach events, community level things, right? That's so comfortable to me but then to be launching a campaign where there's uh social media graphics that have to be so many pixels this direction and that direction to fit and i don't speak in pixels um and this component and that component and how do we measure it and how do people access it and and how do we make sure it's actually getting in front of the right crowd uh, that's been quite a learning curve for me in terms of our outreach work. And then uh, I have to give you credit for our outreach channels because it would not have been my idea to be the host of a podcast <laughs> <laughs> or host of our ECPG live live streams. Like I would have voted not to be on camera or have to listen to my voice being recorded. Um, Rob definitely gets the kudos for for that, and I I went along with it, and I'm glad we did because it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, I hear a lot of people talking about how much they appreciate these different platforms that we do, and it was one of our partners. Can't remember who it was, um, but one of our our partners talking about you know all y'all's trainings are great but people have to pay to attend those right or I mean there's scholarships too but the information you guys are sharing needs to be more accessible to the public uh for free and and so was was born these different outreach platforms on YouTube and um this podcast yeah to try to get good reliable information from subject matter experts accessible to the public for free because you google stuff about problem gambling and you get all kinds of stuff that oh right is not accurate or you 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 end up looking for stuff on problem gambling or gambling and you know, people like google the term addiction but then what they end up getting shown is instructions on how to play a gambling game you know or some exactly. person's conception of what they think works to outsmart the system and all this stuff this stuff and it, it can be very confusing it can actually be very dangerous to a person's recovery um so i'm glad we're able to do this i hope it becomes a a good reliable source of um helpful information agreed and i think that was the genesis of it was one Dynamic personality, Tana. You don't don't sell yourself short. You, you have an amazing <laughs> ability to just say, you know, it's very conversational, um, and it is. I, I love all of our digital outreach, you know, the too. ECPG lives, the podcast here, everything that we have coming in the hopper. So yeah, 
kudos to you. I mean, just amazing talent that way. Oh, well, thanks. You're, you're right. The, you know, the accessibility to the information, um, accuracy of information. And, you know, when things begin to evolve, you, you can run a search for what we do and find a ton of information, but it's extremely dated. Um, you know, we're in one paper that you read, you know, it's moved away from that completely. Take, for instance, I love listening to her speak, Lori Rugel. Oh, yes. Just, you learn so much by just even having a conversation with her. Um, So knowing that she's, you know, helping us in every way she can to, you know, move this conversation forward. So like language, I, I love like, you know, oftentimes I'm kind of crafting in a bubble and I'll bring the messaging up and you're like, oh yeah, that's nice. But let's frame it this way. And just a couple of word changes, flipping a couple of sentences, and suddenly you're like, oh, wow, I totally get it. This messaging is now, you know, very approachable, um, very succinct, and it's not going to hurt anybody because the last thing you want to do in trying to help somebody is hurt them by accident. Mm-hmm. And so that's been, I mean, it's going to be an ongoing learning curve for me. And let's be honest, I don't enjoy being in front of the camera. I don't enjoy being on on the mic. My entire existence and all of my kung fu is for behind the scenes. You don't see it because I turned my camera off for bandwidth reasons. Um, that and I don't necessarily want you guys to see me laugh, cry, <laughs> cheer. Uh, I do dances <laughs> in my chairs when you know you, we have these guests and you guys get on a roll, and you know it's like those mic drop moments where you're just like picking your draw off the ground, going, "I I need to write down this timestamp because I need to make sure that this is completely." edited perfectly and if if i can get that then i really hope that our listeners and our viewers on all of our digital platforms get that same reaction and you don't really realize you're learning something until after you're like oh aha i get it yeah yeah i i realize i've really learned something from our guests when i start quoting them when i'm in a training you know I'm, i'm presenting on some other subject right and then I start quoting all these people I've had the pleasure of interviewing um, because you're right. They just give so many great statements that need to be shared and heard uh, by others. Do we want to talk about Twitter Chat Tuesday for a minute? Sure. So Twitter Chat Tuesday, for those who don't know, it's just a conversation on Twitter usually lasts about an hour and a half every Tuesday during March. And we've, I actually started Twitter chat Tuesdays with ECPG before I was staff. Um, They, they had me participate as a guest. So I created a Twitter account and learned Twitter because of Twitter chat Tuesdays. Before that, I didn't have an account and I didn't care a hoot about it. And honestly, I probably should be on Twitter professionally more than I am. There's usually very little activity for me during the year and then a whole lot during March. And then I don't really get on Twitter much after that. I I should do more. Um, But we had a discussion about everything going on with Twitter and, you know, its policies and leadership recently, like, should we still use it? Um, And Rob and I both kind of looked at what was going on and looked at what other people were doing. And it did seem like in our field and our uh, 
the other other councils and or other awareness organizations, it was still being used, it was still being useful, and it was still a way that we could effectively get the message out there, at least for now. And we said, well, if it blows up, it'll make the decision for us, but we'll still use it. Right. <laughs> we'll still use it this year and take it one year at a time uh, because we don't want to miss the opportunity to get message of help and hope to people who are suffering. If they're already on Twitter, um, then we're going to try to meet them where they're at. Exactly. Um, and kudos to you for all the amazing graphics that you give us to share on those that are eye-catching and hopefully uh, reach the right people. Well, that's the hope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that is one of the good things about Twitter, because I, I actually joined Twitter back Oh, in 2008, 2009-ish. Well, that was pretty early on in the Twitter life cycle, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. It, it would have I been mean, brand new back then. It was the new big shiny yeah. toy. And um, I'm not, I'll say I'm not the best tweeter, but I do kind of have fun with it. I have a lot of fun interacting with uh, the other people who chime in and I'll, I'll see other people making posts. I'm like, oh, I got to retweet that. That's good. <laughs> Some really good stuff happens. During... Some really good stuff going on out there. Yeah. And and uh, I, I do also love this year, I feel like I have seen so many more players in the gaming industry uh, promoting PCAM this year and making posts on responsible gaming and problem gambling from the industry operators and regulators. And I feel like I've seen a lot more of that this year than in years past. And that really excites me as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, here's another random question. Of all the campaigns you've been a part of that ECPG has done, is there one that's been your favorite? Favorite to work on or favorite in theme? Hmm. That's a really good question. <laughs> There's been a lot of good ones. There have been. Um, I would I would honestly probably say our military campaign yeah. right now. It resonates with me because I am an Air Force brat. My father was in mm. career Air Force and kind of seeing behind the scenes what at least the children of, of service members go through, that that campaign actually speaks to me in the imagery. Um, oh, and let's not forget that we, we brought in a partner for that one, M Agency, mm -hmm. which yep. made our lives infinitely easier in the lead up to, to PGAM. Um, and they came out with some great visuals some great messaging. Um, they do a great job. They really do. And so, yeah, that, I mean, that, that campaign is probably one of my favorites. It's ongoing. And again, everything we put into play is going to last much longer than just PGAM. Um, this is just a way, almost, almost like a launch party for this messaging. So it's going to be, again, indelible. And it's going to be year round. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Very second close, though, is um, the sports betting awareness campaign that I never yeah. thought would come to be ever, at least not on this scale. This is amazing to me, but um, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that has been a lot of fun. Uh, I like that it's so lighthearted. It's kind of goofy, you know, sports fans can go a little bit nuts sometimes and that's <laughs> fine. Uh, we can have crazy sports fans, just don't, you know, let it go too far with the betting. <laughs> I mean, 
mean, it's... yeah, I like it. And we've got the golden retriever as the mascot, which of course, I, yes. I love that. <laughs> and uh, the trading card, just a lot of, a lot of fun things on that. Fun components. Card. Yeah. Yeah. I like them too. And you know, what's interesting is I realize with the, um, the other campaign that's about to come out, the BIPOC campaign, we would end up having three campaigns running simultaneously yes. when that launches. Uh, and that's that's quite a huge difference from years past, where it was just one at a time or at certain times of year. And now we've got campaigns that are running, you know, instead of a month or two or three, six months long or more, they're overlapping. We're going to end up with awareness campaigns going year round, yes. uh, which was kind of the goal. And that's exciting to me. Agreed. And very distinct audiences that are up until now had often been overlooked, you know, as far as the messaging was there, it was just under a different umbrella. And now they get to stand on their own shine and, and mm -hmm. speak directly to that audience. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, have yeah. three overlapping. Yeah. The Hispanic Latino campaign, I think is a great example of that. Um, the elements from that campaign, it's now what, three years old, mm -hmm. but it's still um got a pr a very solid place on our on our website and the different elements of that be it the the PSA the radio PSA all of the translated gambling screens that our Latinx advisory committee helped with uh the different numbers of resources it's since our work with the Hispanic Latino community has since grown to connections with the uh, National Latino Behavioral Health Associations. There's workbooks being translated. There's a community event going on. There's going to be a radio program in Spanish going on. It's just uh, that was kind of right at the beginning of the of the furry committee and the campaign ran for a few months, but the, it it was almost like a catalyst to this whole series of work in in the Latino, Latina, Latinx community that we're, that we're doing now. And it's, it excites me so much <laughs> because clearly the need is there and yes. we're able to help um, the experts in the community mm -hmm. uh, to help their platforms they're already using and just enhance the reach and the messaging um, and the help services. So anyway, that's really exciting to me because that's that's something that's near and dear to my heart because I actually minored in Spanish in college and my intent after college was actually to go live in a Spanish speaking country. Um, well, that didn't happen, but a, a good, if, if not 50% of my friends in college were all from different Spanish speaking countries. One, one of my friends, he taught himself English listening to Beach Boys music. That's amazing. I know the dude, dude was brilliant. Um, anyway, and so I, I lived in Chile for a semester in college and I've been to some other Spanish speaking countries. So that whole um, campaign just speaks really loudly to me. Um, and I, I just, I just love the work that we're doing there. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually does have that, that knock on effect from that particular, um, do you want to actually, let's move this back a little bit talking yeah. about advisory committees and yeah. the impact it's had on 
how we conduct our campaigns as a whole. Um, you know, it, it was uh, your brainchild for heading up the um, Latinx advisor, Community Advisory Committee. Um, I think Maureen, I, I want to give credit to, to Maureen there as well. I think she had intended to launch advisory committees for years. And it, it wasn't kind of maybe until you and I were on board and things were rolling, we kind of had the staff capacity right. to be able to bring these things around. Yeah. And, and you hit yeah. it up as a proof of concept of, you know, mm -hmm. what, what work can we, can we do using the advisory committee as a, a sounding board for our messaging? Um, mm -hmm. and oh, look, and they've done such a good job oh, of helping with the messaging. You know, I, I, I initially felt maybe a little bad for these professionals that would give up their time to come together and, and baby steps with us and look at it now. I mean, we, we completely redid our entire thinking on um, Spanish translation and yeah. the work that we do there, the brochure that came of it, you know, it's very humbling to go, yeah. I, I, I don't know, can you help us? <laughs> you know? Talk about, talk about baby steps. I'll never forget the meeting where we brought up our Spanish brochure and we're like, hey, we're going to redo this. Can you give us some advice? And they basically sat us down like all. Oh. Yeah. Pobrecito. Listen. <laughs> exactly. Um this this our old brochure was brown and they're like brown is not the color yeah. you want to be using. We need bright. We need turquoise. We need pink. We need purple. We need yellow. We need gray. We did they're like we need these colors. And right. then and you took that and and you did. You used all the colors they suggested and created a beautiful Spanish brochure. Brought that back to them and they're like, "Yes, this is relatable." <laughs> uh like, "Oh, yeah, it was so it was so incredibly helpful. It, it's been it's been a pleasure that they're so open and just just thrilled by the work that's going on. It's a safe space for me to be there and and even practice Spanish a little bit when we're just chit chatting before the actual meeting starts. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's been great. I, I would love. Yeah each and every one of the volunteers on the committee. Oh, they're amazing. They're just amazing. All, yeah, all of our advisory committee meetings. And just so listeners know, we have the Latinx Advisory Committee. We have a Recovery Community Advisory Committee, an Asian American Pacific Islander Advisory Committee, mm -hmm. a uh, Native American Advisory Committee. And those are the four that are currently running. Though we do have some that will be starting at some point, either this year or in years to come, military veterans, black community, uh, religious spiritual community, mm -hmm. I think. Might be forgetting some others, but I have a whole list of more to come. So it's been um, incredibly helpful. What they do is kind of help us with our messaging branding, making sure that if we're going to try to contribute help and hope around problem gambling or gaming messaging to any of these communities, that it is not just taking some English version and translating it linguistically, but it's actually uh, they advise from the ground up to make sure it is completely culturally appropriate, relevant, um, and even terms like problem gambling, what's the most 
destigmatizing language to use, et cetera. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I learned a lot. Agreed, agreed. And it's a learning process and it will forever be a learning process with great humility, um, patience, and just just gratitude. I think I think uh, the, the best phrase, I'm going to quote somebody, let's see, I think it was in a Kaleidoscope episode that Maureen did for celebrating National Hispanic Heritage Month. And one of the guests said, listen, you don't need to be Hispanic or Latino to help our community. We need all the help we can get, <laughs> right? Like if you're willing to do the work, come on board, we'll have a role for you, right? Yes. And I just, uh, th that was just such a beautiful, a beautiful moment. And I think for me, that's, that's the spirit I try to maintain is, hey, I'm ready and willing to, to help do what I can where I can. Um, and learn a lot, learn a lot along the way, <laughs> for sure. Yep. You never stop learning, not in yep. this case. And, and just accept that I will have, it, it will open me up to moments of vulnerability in my cultural ignorance. I have stuck my foot in my mouth and said something very culturally insensitive plenty of times in my past it will probably happen again mm -hmm. um but i just need to say i'm sorry i learn never happens again because that's embarrassing um and it's not going to stop me from um continuing to continuing to put myself in those situations right. where that can happen because the to me the end result, the work is worth it. And um, and I, I've just, I've been forgiven much and treated with so much compassion that people said, listen, I know it's okay. You didn't mean it, whatever. And that's the end of that. <laughs> and, yeah. then we, and then we go on. And it's just, it's just such, it's just such a blessing. It really is. I mean, the, the, that's a prime example of all the people you meet doing this um daily amazing just... people yeah absolutely well we started off talking about pgam and ended up talking about a whole lot of other good stuff but this was fun see yeah. it's not super scary coming on a podcast episode <laughs> well i get to edit it so i get to oh so you're, it's just gonna be me talking to the air after <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to learn more about Problem Gambling Awareness Month, you can check it out on our website. You can also check it out on the National Council on Problem Gambling website. If you would like to volunteer or get involved in some way, use the contact us form to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Here's where to find us. You can learn more about the Evergreen Council on Problem Gambling at our website at www.evergreencpg.org. You can also find us and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Please know that if you or a loved one is seeking help for problems caused by gambling, you are not alone and help is available. You can find help and resources 24-7 through the Washington Problem Gambling Helpline 
at 1-800-547-6133. That's 1-800-547-6133. There's help for anyone affected by problems caused by gambling, whether it's your own or someone else's. And we love seeing people get the help they need to live the life they want. Peter Pepper picked a peck of pickled peppers. I can move it a little bit. I don't know if that helps. Testing, testing, testing. Peter Piper is tired of picking pickled peppers. <laughs> that does sound a little, a little better. Okay. <laughs> Poor Peter. <laughs> Poor Peter. He's done. He's worn out, man. He's picked enough. <laughs>